0: She makes it so engaging and she makes you just really care about these people and want to see what happens. So I highly recommend probably anything she's ever written. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to another episode of Strongness Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend.
2: And Rachel is joining us today to talk about the book The Downstairs Girl, which is a historical fiction title from our YA collection. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: it is The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee. Uh, YA, which is very well written. Love it, love it, love it. I want to say that first and foremost. This is a really good book and everybody should read it. So it follows the story of Joe Kwan, which is a Chinese-American girl in Atlanta, Georgia in the 1890s. Um, And it just sort of starts with her she is a designer at a milliner shop so she makes hats and she's very very good Uh, but because of her ethnicity she doesn't get any credit for any of the designs that she makes and within the first couple chapters she gets fired for a pretty bogus reason basically because they wanted to hire the white girl who wasn't very good at it but Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons got the job instead so she gets fired and she is very poor and can't go without a job so she's somewhat desperate um, and ends up going back to a previous job that she had where She was a lady's maid for a very wealthy family, and she basically hung out with the oldest daughter and did whatever she needed to do. Um, And so she really didn't want to go back to that job because it was kind of a nightmare because that daughter is, you know, spoiled and rotten and just kind of a horrible person. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very careful, right? You can't tell people off and say what you really want to say to them because you'll get fired and you need a job. So it was not a job she wanted to do, but she had to eat, so she went back and did it. So... She lives in the root cellar, for lack of a better word, of a house there in Atlanta with her, what she calls her uncle, old Jen. And she has lived there her whole life, so she doesn't know anything else. Um, and they live beneath a family who has no idea that they live down there. They're
1: parasite. Which was
0: <laughs> pretty fascinating. So apparently it was uh, originally a stop on the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the entrance to the root cellar is kind of in like an old abandoned barn that's half falling down and they found it one day and lived down there again this was before she was probably like two at the time so she doesn't remember any of this but mm-hmm. she basically grew up there and so they have to be really quiet because if they let the family above them know that they're there they'll get kicked out
2: mm-hmm. which I guess that family must be pretty wealthy if they never use their root cellar right or if they just don't know where it is yes oh, yeah. Yeah. and
0: I think it was one of those things where like they bought the house and it just didn't get translated and there's no okay. direct connection yeah. to the house above okay like,
1: especially because it was like a stop on the underground railroad like the idea is that if a random family moved in they couldn't find it okay that yeah. Is. yeah so
0: the entrance was like 100 yards away in this barn and then you had, mm-hmm. there was like a tunnel that came oh, back gosh. to this root cellar. But what was weird about it was it had like this vent that went from the root cellar up above and there was this cork in the vent that she could take out and listen. Mm-hmm. And that's how she learned how to speak English and all those sorts of things by listening to this family. So she lived very vicariously through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of like her evening entertainment. She'd take the cork mm-hmm. out and she'd quietly make a cup of tea and she'd sort of listen to this family and the conversations they had about the world around them and what they were doing and all of that. Mm-hmm. And this family owns a newspaper. Not a very, like, well-read newspaper and a little bit, I don't want to say controversial, but they definitely didn't run all the mainstream things that the other newspapers did. Mm -hmm. And so they were kind of struggling financially, um, and she just sort of was following along with their life as she did other things in her life. And so part of her journey is trying to figure out what happened to her parents. She's an orphan being raised by her quote unquote uncle and there's been other uncles who have come and gone over the years and so they just sort of appear and disappear but the one uncle is the one she's had the whole time and mm-hmm. she's asked him about her parents and he's very vague and never will tell her anything about it but of course she's 17 she's trying to figure out who she is as a person and she's really curious about this so she kind of is trying to figure out who her parents are while also doing this job that she hates And, oh, in the meantime, the newspaper people above her are going to lose their newspaper because their circulation is so low that they're sort of talking about. We're going to have to shut it down and move. And she's like, no, (laughs) you can't move. I love you. Then she's like, well, how can I figure out a way to to get their readership up? So Mm -hmm. all of these things are going on together. And she decides to start writing this like advice column basically Mm -hmm. called Miss Sweetie. And so she's anonymously writing this advice column and she kind of drops them off upstairs in the middle of the night. (laughs) She just like slides it through their mail slot and they start printing them and they're wildly popular because she's so witty and very insightful. And she starts to use it as sort of a social platform to Mm -hmm. question some of the things that are going on in the South at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Especially between sort of black and white cultures and the Chinese at that time, which was fascinating to me because when you study history, you hear so much about what was going on between the black and white cultures. But but the Chinese culture is sort of just invisible, not Even there. though they're very prominent. Yeah. You just don't hear any of that history. And so it was really interesting to sort of hear her... Um, Commentary on life at that time and challenging some of those social norms that were coming out, but in a way that was witty and funny and made you think about it, but not get defensive about it. So it was really, really, really well written. I can't say that enough very well written.
1: Do you know around when in the 1800s this was? 1893.
0: 1893?
1: Okay, because I was, because I knew that there was the Chinese Exclusion Act. Yes. And I wasn't sure if that played a part in the story.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So, part of, and I didn't know this either, obviously, I'm, I'm from the West Coast, so I knew um, that there was a lot of Chinese immigration to, like, the San Francisco mm-hmm. area, and they were used a lot in building the railroads and things like that. They worked mm-hmm. a lot in that industry. So, I was very familiar with that. Had no idea that a lot of Chinese immigrants were shipped into Reconstruction South Mm -hmm. to help rebuild after the war and so there was this very large population and then all of a sudden people went hey wait a minute we are not sure if we like this so they uh, passed the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1882 Mm -hmm. which basically made it illegal for people to immigrate Mm -hmm. but you have to think about At the time when immigration was happening, usually it would be the men who would come over, get jobs, save money, and send for their families. And all of a sudden this act is there, and now they can't bring their wives and children over, Mm -hmm. they don't have enough money to leave, so you basically just tore families apart. And it happened to thousands and thousands of families. And then in the meantime, it was just, you you can't have a job doing this, and you can't have a job doing that, and you can't go here, and you can't go there, so it was very, very restrictive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were basically just made invisible. And a lot of that is addressed within the book, but in a like I said, in an insightful way that makes you think about it without just totally shutting down. So it was yeah. very well written. And and that act was actually in effect until nineteen forty three. Wow. Think about that.
1: It's really nice to hear a story, especially about like a teenager. Right. Because I feel like that's like hard enough. <laughs> Adding on top of it, the fact that like no one wants to hire you, and also like your family isn't with. Do you learn what happens to her parents?
0: Yes. Okay. I will not. Uh, spoiler That's alert. Fair. I will not say. But yes. But you get an answer. You to your do question. get an answer to your question. You figure out. Sort of all the pieces come together. Mm-hmm. There's some intrigue in there too. There's sort of this gangster mob guy that kind of starts coming after her, and she has to figure out how to defend herself. So she's got like so much going on in her world, yeah. <laughs> but it's all plausible, and mm-hmm. it's all it all ties together, and you sort of leave the. Book going wow I'm I'm so glad I spent my time doing that I had never heard of the Chinese Exclusion Act either until this Of course I read uh, the research notes at the end because that's the funnest part of a you book sometimes I know right because <laughs> it may it really opens your world up to these yeah. other things that you just never thought about and I didn't realize that that voice from history was missing mm-hmm. until I read this book and then I was like you know what I bet there's so much more so of course yeah. i went and got more of her books oh awesome <laughs> so i read she uh, wrote one recently called luck in the titanic did you
1: did you read that one i yet? did okay i really want to read that one it sounds so interesting it's
0: amazingly yeah. interesting and it again tells a whole nother story that you just didn't think about mm-hmm. um that existed and i just recently checked out under the painted sky which mm-hmm. i think is sort of like a western one like i haven't read it yet but from what i understand it's um two teenage girls who end up like basically on the oregon trail heading west and sort of oh, what happened from missouri that sounds really interesting. i know so <laughs> i'm excited to read that one too but i just i love the way stacy lee writes mm-hmm. um she makes it so engaging and she makes you just really care about these people yeah. and want to see what happens so i highly recommend probably anything she's ever written <laughs>
2: is there a romantic interest introduced at all there is okay there is how but does it, she have time
1: no. right <laughs> you gotta have some nice things when I you're know. being chased by she's, gangsters right and a root cellar. <laughs> like,
0: so the son of the newspaper owner
1: oh, okay. Oh, okay. Who, who's
0: starting to take over the newspaper and she ends up submitting her articles to him and he she's doing it in disguise as a dude and like dropping it off but he ends up figuring it out
2: Disguise, it? she but totally up. name is under Miss Sweetie right yes
0: yes <laughs> okay. she's dropping it off for somebody else right oh, I okay, mean yeah, that okay. like she's the
1: manager yeah like. she
0: because she knows on a very conscious level if she gets caught doing this because of who she is she yeah. won't be able to do it anymore so mm-hmm. she's very protective of her uncle she's very protective of where they live mm-hmm. she's very protective of the family above her she's so witty and smart and oh man it was so much fun to read
2: What
1: is some advice that Sweetie gives that you remember?
0: So one of the main scenes in there was um, this was a time when laws were coming about uh, where people could sit on buses Mm -hmm. and different things like that. So in the story, and I don't know historically how accurate that is, but in the story, um, they ride the bus wherever they go. And one day they show up to the bus and there's a sign on there that's like, Basically, unless you're white, you have to sit in the back of the bus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's there's the people who are just like, okay, well, this is the way it is. And they go back there. Um, And her uncle is sort of standing outside the bus, looking at the bus driver. They know each other. They've been riding this bus for years. They talk to each other. They're friends. And this bus driver is looking at him like, yeah, you got to sit on the back. And her uncle's just like, but we're white. And he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, well, what are we? And he's like, well, you're not white. So there was sort of this non-definition of you're not black, but you're not white. Therefore, you're nothing, kind of. Yeah. And, and th- there was no clear delineation of where should they go because they Mm -hmm. didn't fit in either group so he basically at that point the uncle's just like well we're walking home then we're not giving you any money because you're you you're not on our side so that happened and then she wrote an article that sort of called into question what are we doing here what is happening why are we letting this happen but she wrote it in such a way that was like think about this from this perspective, I can't think of the words that she used exactly, but it was just, it was really well written. Another one she commented on was there was sort of this big horse race and women, of course, at that time were only allowed to do certain things. And she's sort of using the the spoof or the parody of a horse race was sort of like, do you really want your stallion doing this in your life? And she sort of called mm-hmm. into question for women, why are you allowing yourselves to be put in this corner mm-hmm. when you're smart and you're all of this sort of thing? But she kind of used the, because the, it was the big racing -hmm. Season and stuff, so really, really funny sort of social commentary Mm -hmm. that just made you think about it and go, hmm, yeah, why am I letting my stallion do that? Maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm in the owners or the jockeys, right? Right? No, none of that. But we all know we have that power, right? So yeah, she was sort of basically saying, hey, stand up and use what you've got. Mm -hmm. Don't just let it happen to you. And I was like, yeah, you go, girl. All right. That's all the questions I can think of.
1: Yeah. It sounds like a very enlightening and affirming read.
0: And entertaining.
2: Yeah. I was about to say, and also one that has broad appeal, Mm -hmm. because I think as an adult reader, you know... There is plenty that the YA collection has to offer, but sometimes certain books are going to resonate more with all audiences Mm -hmm, than others. And I think this sounds like it's...
0: Absolutely. I think a lot of people are reluctant to read YA because they're like, oh, that's teenage stuff. I'm so over that. It's
1: going to be Twilight. Right. It's not all Twilight. And there
0: is some of that angsty stuff. And I don't have time for that either because that, yeah, I'm glad that's not here anymore. But there's so much good in YA that's really challenging because you got to think when you're 15, 16, 17 You're having those deep thoughts and you're Mm -hmm. contemplating who you are in this world and the difference you want to make and all that stuff. And a lot of that shows up in YA books and people just don't think about it. But this would be an excellent spot for someone to jump off into that. Mm -hmm. Pick up Stacey Lee.
2: All (laughs) right. And on that note, stay
0: tuned next week for
2: more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.